Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is George Murphy. We have a very dear friend here with us tonight. We're helping him celebrate an anniversary. He's entertained you and your parents. Yes, and their parents before them. He's been in the theater for 75 years, three quarters of a century in makeup. And this is our way of expressing our respect and affection for Harry Davenport by bringing him to you in the title role of Lightning, a grand old man and a grand old story. On hand to help in the festivities are Florence Bates as Mrs. Jones, Barbara Britton as Millie, and yours truly, George Murphy, as John. Here it is, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Lightning. with nicknames. Fellas built like a blimp and they call him skinny. If he's seven feet tall, they call him runt. So I guess you'll understand about old Bill Jones. <laughs> His name was Lightman. I'd only known him for a month or so, but he'd gotten to be a kind of a regular pal and something of a problem, too. Like that evening when he drifted into my cabin. Evening, John. Oh, hello, Lightning. I didn't hear you at the door. You sure do. I knocked. Really? He couldn't have knocked very loud. I didn't want to disturb you. Besides, I always move kind of quiet-like. Learned that from a... Ouch. Oh, funny. That chair wasn't there when I came in. Bill, I'm afraid you've been drinking again. No, no, no. Just saying goodbye to them fellas what's been cutting your timber. They're breaking camp. Uh-huh, and they wanted you to take a few farewell drinks. Well, huh? I didn't like to hurt their feelings. May, I, I've known most of them since they was kids. Yeah, imagine you have. You've been around these parts a long time, haven't you? Yep. Came out during all the gold excitement. But, uh, wait a minute. The gold excitement was way back in 1849. Well, they were still excited when I got here. <laughs> oh, I see. But you weren't one of the lucky ones, huh? Lucky? I was a civil engineer once. I located more claims than any man that ever came out here. Well, then you ought to be pretty rich. No. Always cheated out of my share. How's that? Crooked partners. Oh. Well, what'd you do about them, Bill? Shot some, put the rest in jail. <laughs> All except one. He died before I got him. Died of fright. <laughs> so you didn't have to wait for the law? No, sir. Say, John, speaking of the law, the sheriff was asking me about you. I told him he wasn't around. Now, Bill, I don't want you to lie for me. Wasn't lying. You wasn't around right then. What's it all about, John? Well, it's that timber out there. I sold a lot of it to Mr. Harper last year. I thought he'd cut it right away, and then a few weeks later, my mother took sick, and... Yeah, I know, I know. You had to take her up to San Francisco to the hospital. Well, that's when the swindler came to see her. He was a lawyer. He told Mother that he wanted to buy her land to live on after he retired. Mother didn't want to sell. She loved that land, but... And that shyster was so darn nice. Why, when he found out I was studying law, he even took me right into his office. Mm, I know he's kind. Sweet as sugar when they were after something. Well, I didn't find out till after Mother passed away that she'd sold to him. He'd paid her with stock in some land company. Wasn't worth a dime. Why did he want that land so bad? He turned it right over to the railroad for a big profit. I guess that's why the sheriff's looking for me. The railroad must have heard I'm cutting that timber. Like you got every right to. Look, 
If they take you to court, I'll be a witness. I'll swear you cut those trees before the property was sold. Now, now, Bill, you can't go around swearing anything like that. Don't tell me I know what I can swear and what I can't. Oh, you do? Certainly. I was a lawyer once. A lawyer? Well, why don't you practice? Don't need any practice. Good enough as I am. <laughs> but, Bill, they're going to court and testify. Look, son, I promised, didn't I? Well, I never broke a promise in my life. Amusing old rascal and lovable, too. In fact, he was the reason I first dropped in at the Calavada house. The place belonged to Lightning's wife. Small hotel near the California-Nevada line. Wait a minute, did I say near? <laughs> what am I talking about? I should have said on. Right smack on. The state line ran right through the middle of the lobby. Lightning had told me about the place. The next day, having a little time, I thought I'd run over and see for myself. Yes, sir. Just sign the register right here and... Why, John. <laughs> Hello, Lightning. Well, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> Never saw you dressed up before. I thought I'd walk over and look around. Say, is this the room that's in both states? Yeah. The state line runs right through the middle. It's marked there on the floor. Oh, yeah, I see. What do you know? Now, you're in California, and I'm in Nevada. That's right. Say, how about a little something to drink? Oh, no, thanks. Sure? No, no, nothing, Bill. Well, just as well. Ma's hit my bottle anyway. Bill! Bill Jones. There she is now. I want you to meet her. Bill, I told you to take that trunk up to... Oh. Mother, this is John Marvin. How do you do, Mrs. Jones? How do you do? Bill, Mrs. Davis's trunk. I'll get it up there in a while. You'll get it up now. Come along, start. All right, all right. Sit down, John. I'll be back. Millie! Millie, come out and take the desk. Coming. I was just going over the... Well, Miss Jones. Mr. Marvin, this is a surprise. Well, Miss Jones, what are you doing here? <laughs> My father and mother own this place. No. Why, I've been seeing lightning for a month, and I never dreamed that you were the same Joneses. <laughs> and you... Do you have a cabin over on High Ridge? Uh-huh. Why, Daddy's always talking about you, and I had no idea who you were. You haven't given up law, have you? Well, only for the time being. The way you studied at Mr. Thomas's office, I never saw anyone study so hard. Oh, not when you were in the room. Most of the time, I'd be looking at you. Well, you're just saying that. I'll tell Mr. Thomas you're here. He'll be awfully glad to see you again. Hey, wait a minute. You don't mean Mr. Thomas is here. Isn't it wonderful? He came all the way from San Francisco to help me. To help you? Well, you see, Mother had opened this hotel, and I came home to give her a hand, and I found her in the awfulest trouble. It seemed some big company was planning to put up a big hotel right in back of it and take away all of Mother's business. And uh, you wrote Mr. Thomas all about it, huh? Well, yes. And he wrote you that he'd come right up and help? He telegraphed. Wasn't that just like him? Oh, yeah, just like him. Now, wouldn't it be great if Mr. Thomas could get that company to buy your property and build a big hotel right here? You're awfully clever to think of that. That's just what he's done. Mother and Daddy will never have to worry again. Why not? Are they getting paid in cash? Oh, it's better than cash. It's some stock that pays you 10% a year. Seems almost too good to be true. Yes, doesn't it? Why do you say it like that? Is anything wrong? Well, I'll tell you later. I, I got to see Bill. Say, Bill. Oh, hello, John. Uh, uh, you better put that trunk down. Well, don't worry about me. I can handle it easy when you know how to do it. Well, put it down, Bill. I got to talk to you. Oh. What's up, John? Now, listen. They're trying to rob you, Lightning. How's that? 
This fellow Thomas, the lawyer, he's trying to cheat you out of this place. He is? What makes you so sure? Well, he's the same man who cheated me. No fooling. But what can I do? The place belongs to Mother. Well, tell him your wife won't consider selling until you've consulted your lawyer. Yeah. Then I can dig in and find out what they're really after. Good idea. What's that I'm to tell him? You won't sell until you consult your lawyer. Sure. That's what I just told him anyway. Honest, Mr. Thomas, you don't know what it means to me you're helping us sell the hotel and all. Oh, I have some idea, Mrs. Jones. Comfort, security, a chance to live in San Francisco. Now, if we could just get it settled. I thought it was settled, didn't I, sir? Well, you're the legal owner, of course, but, uh, well, you know how these big companies are. They'd like to have your husband sign, too. I better fetch him. He's out there with that fellow Marvin. Mar John Marvin? Oh, that's right. Millie told me you knowed him, too. Uh, well, uh, slightly. He, uh, he was in my office for a while, until I found out the sort he was. What sort is he? Why, he's in a gang that goes about stealing timber. I might have known with Bill speaking so high about him. Do you think I he... beg your pardon? Oh, I'm sorry, mister. I didn't see you. I uh, just drove up from Reno, and I'm looking for Mr. Thomas, Mr. Raymond Thomas. I'm Raymond Thomas. Well, my name is Hammond, Golden Gate Land Company. I uh, believe you are. Oh, of course, of course. Mrs. Jones, this is splendid. Mr. Hammond's come up to close the sale himself. Then I'd better fetch Bill. Sit down, gentlemen. Make yourselves comfortable. What's the idea, Hammond, coming here? I'm down here after that fellow Marvin. I got the sheriff outside. Thought I'd better stop and talk it over with you. What for? Well, if we jail him, he'll squeal. Yeah, you'll squeal anyway. Now, now, Mother, there ain't no use arguing with me. No, you knew neither, Millie. I told you ain't gonna sign that deed. Bill, what in the world's come over you? Now, Daddy, please. Don't you see? They're trying to rob you. What, Bill? Daddy, how can you say such a thing? Oh, he can say it again, because it's true. Mr. Marvin. Listen, now, if you'll take my advice. We know all about you. We don't want your now, advice. Just give me a chance. I believe Mrs. Jones has right made herself here, clear. Look Hurry, here, you? Thomas, if all you think you right, can... All right, all right. Now, which one of these fellows is a crook? He, he is. is. There's your man, Sheriff, John Marvin. Now, wait a second. Come along. I got a warrant for you. Look, I can't be bothered now. Oh, I'm you want the bracelets, huh? Come Look, on. Look, I told you to stay away from me. Say, you're really asking for trouble. Resisting an officer of the law? Law? Oh, what do you know about the law? Isn't that a Nevada warrant? Well, sure. This is Nevada we're in. You're in? Take a look at that line on the floor. Huh? I could have told you, Sheriff. He's across the line in California. <laughs> well, the sheriff couldn't do a thing. But I couldn't do anything either, except just wait there on my side of the line and wonder what Thomas's next trick would be. I tried to talk to Millie, but she wouldn't listen. So later, when the sheriff dozed off, I slipped out the side door, leaving Lightman there to hold the fort. Come on, come on, come on, mm. Sheriff. Wake up. No sleeping in the lobby. <laughs> oh, where am I? Well, what's going on? <laughs> Looks like your bird has flown the coop. He has, huh? Well, he won't get far. Well, I don't know. I hear California's a pretty big state. Uh... <laughs> uh, excuse me, may I get behind the desk? Oh, you running the place now, Mr. Hammond? Well, I've settled everything with your wife, and all I need now is your signature. Not a chance. But I'll take a drink with you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I haven't got anything. I have. Right here in the register. Is it? Uh, it seems to me like you've had enough. Oh, I don't want it for myself. 
It's just sociability. I don't drink. Don't tell me that. You're a booze fighter. No, I ain't. I'm an engine fighter. Is that so? Yes, that's so. Did you ever know Buffalo Bill? Yeah, I knew him well. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, but I learned him all he knew about killing engines. Did he ever tell you about the duel I fought with Setton Bull? Setton Bull? Well, he was standing when I shot him. <laughs> I never took advantage of nobody, not even an Indian. Say, you sure got a bee in your bonnet. What do you know about bees? Not much. Do you? Sure. I was in the bee business once. Why, I drove a swarm of bees across the plains in the dead of winter, and I never lost a bee. You'd... I give up. I'm going out and get some air. Cool air. Now, look, Mr. Jones, I want to talk to you if you're not too drunk. Drunk? You think I'm drunk? Evening, Mr. Jones. Evening, ma'am. If you want your key, you get... Why, Mother, it ain't you all dressed up like that. Why shouldn't it be? You're right, mister. I'm drunk. Hey, don't you approve of her, Mr. Jones? She's dressed in the height of fashion. Looks higher than that to me. Mother, where'd you get that dress? From that lady in four. It was Mr. Thomas's idea. Awful thin material. Mosquitoes are going to give you a merry hallelujah. Why, Bill Jones. Besides, ain't you cold? No, I ain't cold. I'm plenty hot this minute. Why, Mother, what's the matter? Making fun of me when I try to look nice for once. No, no, no. You've been working too hard. You're all tuckered out. I think you'd better go upstairs. Put on some clothes and go to bed. Bill Jones, you might as well make up your mind. I'm always going to dress like this. I'm selling this place and going to live in San Francisco. And you ain't going to stop me either. If you mean I got to sign that deed, I can't. I promise. All right, Bill. We're leaving for San Francisco tomorrow. Me and Millie and Mr. Thomas. If you sing and I sign that paper, you can come along. If you don't, I guess you'll have to look after yourself. And these fellas don't want me around here. They'd want me to get out. Is that what you want, Mother? Well, all right. I'll go. Right now. Just the way I am. Well, well, practically. The second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. Last week, I told you about the most remarkable value I've ever offered you. And I'm happy to repeat my offer tonight. I'm making this offer to celebrate my 30th anniversary, Lady Esther's 30th year of helping women look younger and prettier. The Lady Esther anniversary set is my gift to you, a special beauty dividend of Lady Esther face powder and Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. This special anniversary set is waiting for you right now at your favorite store. And here's what you receive, a really exciting value. You get the large $1.38 jar of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. And also, the boudoir-size 55-cent box of Lady Esther face powder in bridal pink, my fascinating new shade that has become so popular. Now, the $1.38 jar of cream plus the 55-cent box of powder are together a regular value of $1.93. But you get them both in my anniversary set for only 98 cents. You save... Think of it, you actually save 95 cents on a 98-cent purchase. It's a wonderful opportunity for you who have not yet discovered 
that these are the two most essential beauty aids to help you look more attractive every day. Naturally, I do hope you'll accept my anniversary present to you. Tomorrow, at your favorite store, ask for the Lady Esther Anniversary Set, the $1.93 value which you receive for 98 cents. A sufficient supply of Lady Esther face powder and Lady Esther four-purpose face cream to help keep you looking prettier and younger. And now, Lady Esther presents the second act of Lightning, starring Harry Davenport, Barbara Britton, Florence Bates, and George Murphy. I should have known that getting rid of Bill was just a part of Thomas's plan. But I didn't know until six months later in the district court at Reno. The railroad suit against me was coming up for trial. I was waiting for the court to open when all of a sudden, guess who walked in? Morning, John. Lightning. How in the world did you get here, Bill? On the train. John, your case come up yet? No, not yet. But, but what are you doing here? I promised, didn't I? Well, how did you know the trial was today? You told me. Last time you was at the home. But you didn't say anything then about coming. I'd have told you it wasn't necessary. That's why I didn't say nothing. Bill, where'd you get the money? Army pension. You told me you sent the pension to your wife. I did, some of it. I sent Mother six dollars. I didn't get no answer. Did you tell her you were in the soldier's home? No. Then maybe she didn't know where you were. Where else would I be? And six dollars is six dollars. His honor the judge. Here, come on, Bill. Come on over and sit with me. We'll, uh... Hey, what's the matter? Look, John... There's Mother coming in. And Millie and Thomas. I wonder what... This court is in session. The clerk will call the first case. Jones versus Jones. Bill, that sounds like you. Me? The clerk will read the complaint. Civil action wherein said plaintiff, Mary Jones, praises court for permanent annulment of her marriage vows. Defendant William Jones, having caused her great suffering, mental agony, having disregarded and broken all obligations of marriage contract through failure to provide habitual intoxication and intolerable cruelty. I did all that? Uh. What did you say? Nothing, nothing, I just... Uh, Your Honor, this is Mr. Jones, the defendant. He happens to be in court as a witness in another case, and he has had no previous knowledge of this action. The defendant's whereabouts were unknown, Your Honor. The court allowed us to serve notice by publication. Oh, you, uh, you represent the plaintiff? Yes, sir. My name is Raymond Thomas. Has the defendant anything to say? Well, I, uh... uh... Your Honor, he enters a general denial. Oh. Are you counsel for the defense? Well, I, uh... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's my lawyer. Hmm. Very well. Proceed. Mr. Thomas, call your witnesses. Now, Miss Jones, about three years ago, you left home and obtained employment as a stenographer, did you not? Yes, sir. Will you tell the court why? Well, I... I... I'm sorry I have to ask these questions, Miss Jones. But you have seen the defendant drunk. Intoxicated, under the influence of liquor. You've seen him that way hundreds of times. Well, I never counted... But you felt something should be done. You felt it was your duty to help. Yes, sir. Thank you, Miss Jones. That's all. Uh, Your Honor, cross-examination. Uh, counsel for the defense. Miss Jones, when you took a position as stenographer, by whom were you employed? By whom? 
Well, counsel for the defense has asked a question, miss. I... I refuse to answer. Really? Well, on what grounds? I don't wish to talk to him. Well, well, this is embarrassing. I, I'm afraid I must insist. Who employed you as a stenographer? Mr. Thomas. Uh, this Mr. Thomas? The one here in court? The, the plaintiff's counsel? Yes, sir. And, uh, Mr. Thomas has frequently given you advice, hasn't he? Taken an interest in your affairs? In fact, he may have some interest in this divorce. I object. Your Honor, I withdraw the question if Mr. Thomas finds it embarrassing. Hey, clerk, we'll strike it out. Proceed. Now, Miss Jones, one of the charges in the complaint is cruelty. Now, you never knew your father to be cruel or even unkind to your mother, did you? Well, well, did you? No, sir. In fact, Miss Jones, you know that your father loves your mother, loves her devotedly, don't you? Now, how can she know that? Your Honor, that's something a woman always knows. Oh. She may think she hates and despises a man, but if he really loves her, she knows it. No matter what she says about him or thinks that she feels, the knowledge that she is his ideal, his all, that he would gladly lay down his life for Just her... Just a minute. Are you trying a divorce case or, or making love? I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'm through with the witness. Oh. And from where I sit, she's through with you, too. Mr. Hammond, did you ever see the defendant drunk? I never saw him any other way. He impressed me with his shiftlessness, his cruelty to his wife, and his untruthfulness. And besides, he was breaking the law, harboring a fugitive from justice in his house. And who was that fugitive? That fellow over there, John Marvin. The, the, the counsel for the defense? Yes, sir. He's the one. Well, this is the darndest trial I ever sat on. Um, in. Uh, at. Your Honor, I'm through with the witness. I'm not. Uh, Mr. Hammond... What was your business with Mrs. Jones? I was purchasing for the Golden Gate Land Company, 200 acres of land, including all buildings. Uh, by buildings, do you mean the hotel? Naturally. And Mrs. Jones was the sole owner of the hotel? That's right. Then how could Mr. Jones harbor a fugitive in his house if he didn't have a house? Your Honor, I object. Objection denied. Proceed. Uh, Mr. Hammond, you have testified that Mr. Jones was a drunkard, that you have never seen him sober. I never have. Now, would you look at the defendant? Is he drunk now? Well, I... I don't know. I... Then how did you know the other time you saw him? Well, well, he was. I, I'm sure he was. All right, all right. Now, you said Mrs. Jones owned the property. But you wanted Mr. Jones's signature, didn't you? Yes, I remember I tried to get it. I wanted the title to be absolutely clear. And you still insist that Mr. Jones was drunk? Well, I've already sworn to that. My, then you tried to trick him into signing while he was drunk, didn't you? An important document like that? No, I didn't. And anyway, he, he didn't sign. No, he wasn't drunk enough for that. He wasn't drunk at all, and you know it. You mean to call me a liar? No, I mean to prove it. I'm going to prove that you're a liar and a thief. That you wanted Mrs. Jones' property to sell the railroad. That you paid her in phony stock that's completely worthless. That you tried to cheat her the way you cheated me. Your Honor. And the only way you could get a clear title was to talk Mrs. Jones into a divorce. Now I propose to show... Just a minute, John. Your Honor... Can I speak a word? The defendant may address the court. You see, I've been sitting there and listening to all this arguing and sort of making up my mind. If Mother can prove all them things that fella read, she can get a divorce, can't she? That's right. Well, I can prove them for her. You can prove them? Oh, yeah. I used to be a judge once. Oh. <laughs> now, first, 
It says that I got drunk. Well, I can prove that. Then it says I was cruel to Mother. Well, I can... I can... No. No, I can't prove that. Because it ain't true. And I don't believe Mother ever said it. But then it says that I failed to provide. That's what's on my mind, Judge. I have failed to provide. And I don't see no way to provide now I think of it. So you see, Judge, Mother ought to have a divorce. Mother and Millie can get along without me, and I'm all right. I can go back to the soldiers' home and stay and until... until... That's all, Judge. Oh, Bill, wait a minute. Why, Mother? Honest, Judge, I don't want a divorce. Please don't give me one if you can help it. Please. <laughs> They said it was the only way I could take care of Bill and myself, but they were just telling me lies. Bill, I never meant to do you no wrong. And if you'll take me back, I'll try all my life to make up for it. Will you, Bill? Please? Mother, did you ever get that six dollars I sent you? Well, this case is dismissed. It was wonderful. Bill, terrific. I won every point. Not only do I get my land back, but they're lucky the judge didn't send him to jail. Say, where's Millie anyway? On the porch. Well, I want to tell her all about it. I'll see you later. Well, Mother, that's that. How'd you know where Millie was? Oh, I fixed that. You really think they'll get along? Why not? Millie's crazy about him. How do you know, Bill? How do I know? <laughs> I fixed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George Murphy, Florence Bates, Harry Davenport, and Barbara Britton for a memorable performance. It was a pleasure to be here, Mr. Bradley. We know how much this radio program contributes to the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house, and we all feel it's a great privilege to share in that work. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Britton. Ladies, June, as you know, is the month of weddings and also anniversaries. Yes, and I am celebrating my anniversary, too, this June. For 1946 is my 30th anniversary year. But to celebrate my birthday, instead of your sending me a present, I've arranged to send a gift to you. Yes, to every woman in America who wants one. My present to you is the Lady Esther Anniversary Set, a $1.93 value which you can have for only 98 cents. My Lady Esther Anniversary Set contains the large $1.38 jar of Lady Esther face cream and also a large 55-cent box of Lady Esther face powder in my romantic new shade, Bridal Pink. A $1.93 value specially planned for my anniversary and specially priced at only 98 cents. You save 95 cents. You receive a generous supply of your two most essential beauty aids to help you have smoother, fresher, younger-looking skin this summer. A special opportunity for you who have yet to discover that my two basic beauty aids are all you need for unmistakable improvement, younger appearance, freshness for your skin. You simply mustn't let yourself miss out on my gift to you. Go to your favorite store or phone first thing in the morning. Ask for the Lady Esther Anniversary Set, the $1.93 value on which you save 95 cents, my birthday present to you. Next week, 
Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present the house on 92nd Street. It will star Lloyd Nolan and William Lundigan. Be sure to listen. Lightning was presented through the courtesy of John Golden and the Frank Bacon Estate. Harry Davenport can soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production, Claudia and David. George Murphy appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Two Sisters from Boston. Barbara Britton is currently being seen in the Paramount Technicolor production, The Virginian. Florence Bates is currently working in the Samuel Golden production, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>